Hey guys, this is Rick Hughes from Sword, and you're listening to Signals from Mars with my good friend Victor. Rock on! Welcome to episode 309 of the Signals from Mars podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And as you can tell from that ID, this episode will feature Mr. Rick Hughes from the Canadian band Sword. I'm ready. Let's do it! I like to come away with a good feeling from all of the interviews that I do. And sometimes you're really not aware of an artist and you get to talk to them and you're like, crap, that was really good. So you want to check out their music. And then there are other times you're like, eh, that was kind of a dick. <laughs> so it's the opposite of, of that. But I got to say, we had plenty of technical difficulties with, uh, Rick and myself, we were supposed to originally have Mike, the guitarist from Sword On as well. And man, my the platform that I use to record stuff with with these artists just was not working uh, for whatever reason. It just is not working well with Apple products at the moment. I hope that that changes, but it is what it is. My subscription does run out in a few days, so who knows? I may switch to something else. But in the meantime, I do want to say that this interview came out a lot better than what I had expected. I think at the end of the day, he really drove, he's really going to drive home the fact that he felt as if he had to continuously work and redo stuff on this album to ensure that it was up to snuff with what the rest of the band was doing. So we'll hop on that. In a few seconds, I do want to send a shout out to all of my patrons. If you're not aware of the Patreon group that I do have, if you're here just for this interview with Rick, I do a weekly, it's usually weekly, a music discussion with my patrons called Hour One, and that usually leads us into the interview hour. And it's just a fun music discussion with the patrons coming on. And just talking about various topics. Go to signalsfromars.com to find out more about Patreon and everything else. Here we go. Okay, so I want to welcome to the show Rick Hughes from Sword. Rick, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you, Victor? I'm doing excellent. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Awesome. So I wanted to start things off with the million dollar question. 34 years later, why did 2022 make sense for a new album by Sword? Well, it's a, it's a long story, but I'll try to get to the point fast. It all started, um, well, I'd say in 2000, let's, let's rewind a bit. For, First and foremost, we're, we're all um, high school friends. The drummer is my brother. So 
my brother and I have, have done everything together. All my project is the drummer that, I, that, that I've worked with. So, so when we, we, we kind of took a, a, a break from the scene, I kept on doing my stuff. It was more rock and roll with my brother, my sister. We had a band together and we just pay the bills, you know? And um, there, then the internet came about. The internet came about and, 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 it got, and it gave us an access to the fans and the fans, it gave them an access to us. So the feedback was so big that we, we kind of started to talk about it. Around 2000, 2005, we were playing stuff together, the, the, the guys for the band. And then we, we had an offer to go play a show in uh, Quebec City, festival, big festival. So we went there, we had, we had, we had fun. The, the, the enthusiasm of the fans was such, was such a presence in the room that it kind of fueled everything. After that, it, it, everything fell into places. We, we, we said, okay, so this show was amazing. People, the song aged beautifully. People want to hear them live. So let's, let's see if, if we get some more offers. So we, we, we got an offer to go play the Keep It True Festival in Germany. Okay. We did that in 2011. We came back, we did Heavy Montreal twice. Uh, again, the enthusiasm of the fans built the, the flame to, 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 to say, okay, next step, we need new songs. So, so, so that, that's, how it, that, that's how it came about. Obviously, the, the world dealt with this pandemic. Did that play anything into you guys getting together uh, more recently, maybe working on these songs more, or did that not even factor into the entire process of three? Uh, quite the contrary. The album was ready in 2019. Wow, okay. We were, we were making plans to, to release it in 2019, and, and, and uh, it was decided to be released around the summer of 2020. So everything was ready. We were, we were the... And, and and when 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 the shit hit the fan, <laughs> we 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 called a meeting, mm -hmm. and we said stop the press. We're not doing anything. The right. fans been waiting for twenty years for that. They'll they'll wait. They'll wait a couple more, because yeah. if we release it now, we cannot tour. We cannot do anything. It's all about live performances. Yeah, with that type of music that we just released. Yeah, was there any trepidation on? On your behalf or the band's behalf to think, you know, in order to record this album, it needs to be fun. We all need to, you know, do a certain thing. Uh, or were you guys confident going in? You know what? We're just going to hit this one out of the park. We went with our instinct. We went with our personal taste. We, we, we worked on some songs and, and, and it took a direction and then we pause and then we listen to it again and say, okay, it needs to be heavier. It needs this, it needs that. And so, so we kind of worked on each song as a canvas and, and make it as, 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 as more unique for each one. And we took our time and uh, we, 
there was no pressure from from anything else but from ourselves. Okay. I pressured myself to come up with the best lyrics, the best melodies, the the best hook, because because that's what the fans deserve. They deserve the best, nothing less. Did it feel any different going into this album? Uh, when you got to the studio, I mean, obviously you've record you've recorded and done a lot of work on your own over the years, but did this feel different for you as compared to other albums with Sword? Well, the only difference was that when I was 20 years old, I was singing with my gut, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I listen to it today, I think that I did a pretty good job, you know? But, right. And now, with this album, I'm still singing with my gut, but now there's, there's, uh, there's the, the, the head that comes into play that goes, okay, wait, this is not the best way to do it. This is the best way to do it. Where before, there was one way, and it was uh, <laughs> put your helmet on and go for it, you know? Right. This was more precise. Okay. For for a lead singer, I I, I did it precisely, and and every melody I wanted to exploit it the best I could. So you're saying your experience came into play in knowing how to sort of flesh the music out better and and flesh what you were doing out better. You got me exactly. Listen, the way it worked out is that we had some ideas, and the ideas were amazing. So. So I, I got the melodies going with the music because I always try to do a melody that's not going to be interfering with the music. It's going to be, it, it, it's going to hold by itself and the music will hold by itself. Now, when my plant main songwriter of the band, brilliant guitar player, when he started to, to put the music together, I knew that my time at bat was coming. Mm-hmm. And the more I would listen to what they were doing, I was going, man, I got it. <laughs> Take my game higher. It's it's. I, so I I told Mike. I said, listen, Mike, you're gonna give me you you guys gonna have to give me time in studio because what you've did is so edgy, is so it's so up there that for me to to go and meet you there and and even you know at time top you because I'm the lead singer. It's gonna take me a couple um a couple that go at the bat, you know. So right. exactly, exactly, that's exactly what happened. I had to go a, a couple of times to redo my vocals because to me, the music was, was like 10, 10 out of 10. And how far back do these songs go? Were they written around the time when you guys recorded the album or were there pieces that go back even further than that? Yeah, well, when we, when we took a break from the scene, we had uh did a lot of demos for the record companies and the record companies uh they would go okay this okay this oh not that no oh, not that no 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 not that not that. oh not that not that well it turned out that the not that was really really good so when we 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 kind of went through that and, right. and picked pick the best some guitar riff, some ideas, some titles, some lyrics, some melodies. And we started with that, but we turned it upside down. So yeah, there's, we, we got lucky because it's, it, to me, it's, it's a perfect mixture of, of old and new. Right. 
put together. So you got the vintage foundation, but but the song itself sounds present. Right, right, right. Sure. It's it's a mix of what you guys are known for with an with an updated modern production sound. Not to say that you guys are putting out modern radio rock. You guys are doing what you guys always did. It's just using today's tools to to bring it forward. Yes, because when you think about it, in, back in the 80s, the metal band that sounded really, really, really big, they had to hire the biggest producers. Right. They knew how to, to twitch stuff and make it sound, ah, you know, just think about Black Sabbath, you know. But these days with the, with the technology, it's totally different. If you have a good producer like we had, Glenn Robinson, he's got, he's got the technology. Some people have heard the album and they say, it sounds better than before. And we go, of course it does. Everything <laughs> has changed. Right. All the technology, the microphones, the, what picks up the drum, the bass, it, everything has changed. So it makes, it makes for a different sound. And, and, and sometimes it makes for a better sound. Sometimes right. not. Sometimes the old sound was much is much better. But in this case, I think we sound better. You know, that's interesting because back in the 80s, you didn't have bands that were trying to sound like the 70s or 60s. They weren't looking for producers or or cabinets or guitars that were, you know, 10, 20 years old. People were trying to do use modern technology at that time to, you know, get the best that they could out of their sound, you know, for the albums. It's funny that bands nowadays, you'll hear all these stories. Oh, well, I went back and and I found this uh, 60s uh, Marshall cabinet and I got this guitar from the 70s. And, you know, they, they, and this is what, you know, got this sound. And a lot of times I think to myself, what's getting the sound are your fingers, are your vocal cords. You know, at the end of the day, if that feel isn't there, if the individual player isn't putting their blood, sweat, and tears in there. It's it's almost it's almost not authentic. It seems true. True. That's why they call it classic rock. You know, right? It's, that's when you know that that we've 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 done full full cycle. We're we're returning to what was made made it so good. You know, mm -hmm. back in the eighties, you had priest Sabbath. Metallica, Judas, I mean, name it, they were all there. Right. So af after that, while well, uh, grunge came into play, which which kind of threw aside a lot of bands, and 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 now it's going full full circle. And now we're back to 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 wanting to hear some some sounds from, from the past because that's why they call it classic rock, you know. Classic right. music, you'll always have people playing the Chopin, the Mozart, and the Beethoven, you know, even though people still write. Right. From classic music. This is this is the true stuff, you know. Well, again, for, for rock, you know, classic rock will always be to me the best genre. And that includes Led Zeppelin, Sabbath. Metallica, you know, it's all genre. It's it's hard rock. It's it's blues rock. It's heavy rock, and it's 
heavy metal. Was there anything that you specifically wanted to do on this album that maybe you hadn't done in the past? You mentioned that you raised your game to uh, try to get it to the same level as your other bandmates, but was there something going in where you wanted to try something specific and maybe you hadn't done either in solo work or, or with the band in the past? That's a very good question, and, and I've got a very easy answer to that. Yes, I wanted to, to be, I really wanted to be the best I could be on this album. I, I gave it all. There's some songs that I sang on the album, such as Unleashing Hell. Um, listen, I sang everything in my life. I've been singing since I'm 15 years old. I've nailed it in studio. And when it's time to rehearse, this song is really, really hard to sing. And that tells me that I gave it all, you know? Right. Sometimes people go, be careful because it's going to be hard on, uh, uh, when you'll be touring. I don't care. I don't care. What I want is people to experience the best they can, you know? So right. when they hear the album, they'll hear the song. Maybe I'll, I'll, it'll be hard. To reproduce, to reproduce it live, but I'll handle it when it's there. When it came time to recording the album, did you guys all record together? Was this done from home and you guys were sending files to one another? How, how exactly did, did the album come together? Uh, Mike Plant, a guitar player, took care of everything. So we, we hired uh, Glenn Robinson, award-winning uh, producer. So we went to uh, a studio. Mike Plant was there for all the phases of recording. So he was there for the drum, the bass, and he told them, okay, you have to, okay, no, don't play that, play that, because my guitars will be, so Mike, Mike's the producer of the album. Okay. And, and the same goes with the vocal. When the vocals, when we have time to do the vocals, then Mike tell me, okay, for the next two weeks, it's you, Rick. Prepare yourself, You'll, we're gonna, we're gonna, record your vocals so we all did that like that like like in the old days in a studio and uh starting with the rhythm section putting some basic guitars to add mm -hmm. some basic vocals add more guitars and then and then fix the vocals <laughs> because every time mike would go and 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 do more guitars they would they would they would go oh my god I got to redo the lyrics. Why? Because you're so good, man. <laughs> I sound this big. No, 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 no. Let me redo it, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go for it, Rick. <laughs> he was a good prince. Now, do you think in hindsight, was he doing that on purpose to, to get you to raise your game? Well, one thing's for sure is that Mike is the best leader you can think about. He's, he's the leader of the band and, and he's, he's the best. I mean, I, I wouldn't want a, a, a better, a better, guitar lead guitar than this guy i mean he's he brings the idea to the table and then everybody's idea is good and 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 it's not it's not no no it's me it's my ideas no 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 everybody brings their stuff to the table and so yeah he probably did it for that because i remember the first sessions that i went i was prepared but not enough because when i finished i said okay i'll try tomorrow and and he, and he said to me he said rick just remember what, do the best vocal you can ever think about. Just do that. I said, okay, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so this being said, when somebody tells you that, 
you have to rethink your melodies because if your melodies is, a, is always doing the same thing, then you're not doing the best you can on that song. Right. But if, you, but if your melody goes like this, and then the second verse comes in and it goes like this, and then the third verse comes in and you're there, and then the chorus comes, then you worked on your vocals. You, you thought about each line, you know, not to repeat yourself too much and the way you sing it. And you've toured with a bunch of legendary bands. Uh, you got to tour with Metallica during the uh, Master of Puppets tour. Uh, a lot of times you ask bands, hey, can you share a story about this tour or that tour? And a lot of times they can't. <laughs> but yeah. uh, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you remember about touring with them back then? Obviously, it was before they got super huge, but enough that, you know, you've mentioned them a few times during the interview. They've obviously become a focal point for a lot of people that came before them and, and came after them. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that uh, with Metallica, it was it was a total surprise for us because we were back then we were we were like there was a lot of uh, uh, there was a big scene a metal scene here in Quebec uh, that's uh, the province or, or in Montreal and, and sword was 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 up there you know mm -hmm. and and we, we we released the album metalized and and we get really really good critics all over the world and we know and we're driving in the same car we have one car for four guys back then and we'd do everything together. We'd go to the rehearsal hall, we'd go see shows, we'd go see a uh, party, you know, we'd be together all the time. And what we would listen to in the car was Ride the Lightning, mm -hmm. Master of Puppets, um, Killing is My Business and Business is Good. I mean, those albums were, were playing all the time in the car, you know, we were rocking right. with that. So we get home when we get to the rehearsal hall, which was home. My brother and I had rented a big house and we would we had the rehearsal hall there. And the manager had called us and said, guys, I got a big news for you. What is it? I just had a phone call from the management of Metallica. They they love your album and they want you to to join them on the tour. So it's them that ask us to join them. Imagine that Metallica. We were right. we were fans. So we went, wow. So, so it came to pass. We, we toured with them. We got to meet them. They, we talked about music with James. I talked with music about James while we were backstage. You know, we, we rubbed shoulders. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it stuck with me all my life. This, this is a highlight of my life. After that, we got to tour with Alice Cooper. Okay. Now, Alice Cooper here in North America in the 70s, he was the biggest thing. Right. Everybody loved Alice Cooper. He was playing on every radio, rock radio, uh, mm -hmm. pop radio, uh, you know, only women bleed, no more Mr. Nice Guy, uh, name it. I'm 18, all this. It's, so we were, my brother and I were big, big, big fans. So when we were like 10 years old, 11 years old, we, we had bought our first Alice Cooper album. So we were big fans. So imagine that, two brothers with, with with uh, the two Mike sword, you know, being on tour with Alice Cooper, it was the, what's uh, what's funny about it is that that the tour was the nightmare returns, but right. for us it, it wasn't a nightmare; it was a dream come true. <laughs> right. So we got to meet Alice Cooper, 
uh, one night uh, during the tour because he was very protected. He, he was he was on the wagon. He's been on the wagon for a while, and and they were they, they made sure that he stayed on the wagon. So so we wanted to meet him, and they said no. Uh, he's 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 very very um, private because he he's got he's got to keep his mind clean, you know, because right. uh, because you know not because you decide to be on the wagon that everybody has to be. So right. they know that a lot of musicians drink and, and, and do drugs, you know? So they had a, a, a distance with, with the other band. So we insisted. So one night they said, okay, tonight after Alice's show, he's agreed to meet you in a store bus. Here's the condition. If anybody of you is drunk, you won't be allowed to go in the bus. If you cannot bring drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, nothing. You go inside the bus, he'll talk to you, and when it's over, you get out. But man, we were like kids, 15 years old kids. After their show, we're all lined up, you know, on the side of the bus, you know. Right. And the guy comes, and he almost frisks us. All right, nobody's got drugs, you don't have beer, nobody's drunk. No, no, no. We, we want to meet Alice. Okay, come in. He opens the door. It's, we felt like Laurel and RD, man, a bunch of kids. So we were in the bus and, and we're waiting for Alice to come out up the back of the bus, you know, where there's like the, the room. Right. The door open and it's Alice Cooper and he's, out, he's got his makeup out and off and he, and he comes to us and we had our moment with him. And, and that too sticked with me for the rest of my life. But the icing of the cake was touring with Motorhead okay. in the UK uh-huh. in 89. We did a month and a half, and we did 30 shows in a month and a half. So that, that was almost every night there was a show. Two, right. Sometimes that two, two days break, three the most. So, so we not only rubbed shoulders with Motorhead, which, which Animal was on the drum, Wurzel on the guitar, Phil Campbell and Lemmy. So mm-hmm. this this is like the this is a big a big formation right there. Lemmy took us under his wing. So he he, he was looking after us. We became friends. He took us out and, uh, when we had nights out. He said, "Okay, tonight, boys, well, I'm going to take you out uh, at a bar in uh, Ed- Edinburgh, and uh, you'll see." Uh, when Lemmy would come in, man, the <laughs> seas would part. Right. Doors would open automatically. It was Lemmy is here. Oh man, that he was such a great person. That's awesome. We talked about off air about a, a, a friend of mine, Rock. I said I said Valencourt, but you corrected me and pronounces it pronounced his name in in French. Uh, he used to host the show uh, Radioactive Metal. Uh, he told me that I should ask you about a story where you guys took a motorcycle to the second or the second floor, I think he told me, of, of a hotel. In Sherbrooke. Yeah. You, you asked me about the town. You said Sherbrooke. Yeah, that's yeah. we did that. Yeah. Or Harley <laughs> Davidson. They're quite heavy. <laughs> so they, they a bunch of rocker friends, you know, they took the bike and they second story, no elevator. <laughs> <laughs> took it up and uh, it was a big 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 party that night right so for for the song ftw i would ride with the bike on stage uh-huh 
So cool. It's a true story. <laughs> How'd the bike get down? Same way. With, <laughs> with some rocker friends. <laughs> oh, very cool. Uh, what are the band's immediate plans now after the album is released? The album gets released on the 18th of this month. After that, what do you guys have in store? The best case scenario would be that that the album is, takes us to the edge of the world. Okay. Best case scenario. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll be touring in Spain next year. We'll okay. We'll be touring uh, 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 in, uh, in the States. In two years from now, that's the best case scenario. Worst okay. case scenario, the album falls flat. We okay. call it a day. We call okay. it a day. As a matter of speech, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, logically, you know, if you, you release an album and nobody likes it, then then it says, okay, I'm off. Okay. I'll be doing something else. But you know what? I'm very, very confident about this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the fans will be pleased with this and, and people that have been um, fans that may only know the name or maybe remember the classic album covers. Uh, when they hear this, I think they will be pleasantly pleased. As as we mentioned before, it's, it's a great mix of the old with the new, and I think that uh, a lot of people will enjoy it. So hopefully uh, there isn't... The the latter will not take place. Yeah. <laughs> They're calling the day. Yeah. You mentioned heavy Montreal before, and even before the pandemic, it seemed as if we may have seen the last iteration of the festival. Do you think we'll ever see heavy Montreal or something similar come back? Oh yeah, hard rock and heavy metal is very very big here in Quebec. Right. So. The last versions of Heavy Montreal that I went through, it was it was sold out. It was big, big, big. People here in, in Montreal, if, let's say, Iron Maiden comes and announces a show, it'll be sold out in a couple of days. Right. People love it. People love music that, that, has, that, has, a, that has muscle, you know, that has a meaning that, that, that makes you want to move, not, you know. So that's what metal gives you. It gives you a, a good sensation. When you go to a metal concert, it's, it's, it's all about the energy that it, procure, that it gives you. Right. Just by the music, because some metal band hardly move, but still you get the energy. Right. As much as, as a band like Iron Maiden, when you go see them, there's all that moving around and it, it it's 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 fantastic yeah what do you think separates quebec and montreal from the rest of the country when it comes to just grasping metal that way because obviously you've played all over canada why do you think it's special i mean obviously it's your home territory but outside of that what makes quebecers different from people in the rest of Canada when it comes to this form of music? Well, I don't see any difference other than maybe the, maybe the, the language for, okay. for, for the fact that, that we speak French, maybe, maybe that gives us a little uniqueness that, that others don't have. Maybe, I don't know. 
but okay. um, I, I don't see myself any different as any other heavy metal band from Canada. I'm, I'm, I'm mainly a Canadian that lives in Quebec. Um, right. But um, no, I don't see a big difference. Okay. Where do you want people to go to pick up the album when it comes out or to pre-order it now? And it ensures to make the most amount of money go back into you and the rest of the band's pocket. The best way is to pre-order it. Right okay. now, you, you can pre-order it by going to a Massacre Records website. Okay. And you pre-order it. Or, or you wait on the 25th of November when the album is officially released and, okay. and order it from, from there. If you buy it um, d- digitally, uh, physically, or, or that's up to the fans. I okay. don't, I don't, I, I mean, everybody's got their reason to, to have it physically or not have it physically. And I right. respect that. Okay. And where should people go to keep up with the band? The best way is, to, is, is through Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Sword. Okay. They'll recognize the, the logo. And uh, that's the best way to keep up to date with the news. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 